When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Uh, we're actually back on a Saturday evening, straight after the match, to give you a review of Watford bottling another lead, wasn't it, Mike? Um, another two-goal lead we've thrown away. Um, but yeah, we're, we're here to discuss that. We're also here to discuss Joe Pedro. Um, it looks like he's edging ever so closer to um, a move to Brighton and Hove Albion. And then we're just going to uh, finish off with our thoughts on the future for Watford Football Club as well. And it's going to be an interesting and important summer ahead for Watford. Uh, so we're just going to give uh, give our thoughts ahead of that as well. Uh, but firstly, Mike, how are you doing, mate? I know you've got a, um, a nice 10k run coming up soon. Um, lots of preparations um, going on at the moment to help yourself with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm running the Birmingham 10K next weekend, the seventh of May. So it's the Sunday. Uh, I start at ten in the morning, and uh, I I signed up in lockdown to do it. But obviously, because of lockdown, it was cancelled. So there was like, right, okay, we'll we'll sort of break a deal. If you do a 10K run and upload it, we'll send you the medal. So I've got the medal from last time. This time round, I'm doing it. Um, I'll be honest, I'm nowhere near as fit as I was last time, preparing-wise. Uh, I have left it massively late, but I've been doing as much as I can recently. I, I play football twice a week now, uh, and then on a Saturday morning, I do a park run. Anyone that's familiar with that, it's a really good incentive. Uh, so I did a park run this morning, which is a 5K run at uh, the local park. So, yeah, just trying my best to, to get as fit as I can for next week's uh, 10K. Uh, as I say, I'm doing it for charity, uh, for the Stroke Association, a, a charity which I've, I've done a couple of things for before. I'll drop a link in the comments. So if anyone's feeling generous, I know it's difficult at the moment with the cost of living going up, but if anyone's feeling generous, any donation you can spare will be massively appreciated by myself and the charity. So I'll drop a link in the comments. But yeah, um, did that this morning and then sort of I, I had nothing else to do. So I watched a Watford game and uh, disappointed was probably the word I'll use, mate. It was typical Watford, you know. We went 2 up and I thought, oh, okay, you know, typical. We start playing well now. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we bottle it in true Watford fashion. Yeah, well, I had an interesting afternoon. Um I didn't get to watch the game. I was actually listening to it on Hive Live. And I don't know if you've seen any comments on Twitter this afternoon, Mike, regarding Hive Live's coverage. Um, because it does get a lot of sticks sometimes, doesn't it, on the quality and things cutting out. We actually cut out two minutes prior to Christian Cavastelli scoring. Um, did, so you, yeah. all, all you could hear in the background was just the fan noise. You couldn't hear John Marks or Tommy Mooney. All you could hear was the fan noise. And then all of a sudden you could hear a small cheer in the background and then the Sunderland fans just trying to G their team back up. And obviously, and, and then I heard the stadium announcement saying that goal scorer for Watford, number 27, Christian Cabaselli. I was like, bloody hell, Watford actually scored. Uh, and it was just funny that the commentary wasn't on it and it it, it, it was it was deafening. Um, 
because that that place was rocking today, Mike, wasn't it? It was a tough place to go to for Watford. It was a sellout at the Stadium of Light, and suddenly they ha- they had a lot to play for today, didn't they? Um, they they still needed that three points to try and get themselves in to um, secure themselves a playoff spot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was a it was a massive game for Sunderland, as you say there. I think they're still three points uh, outside. That, that, I might be wrong mm. on that, but they're, they're still outside the playoffs, basically. Um, and it's sort of what I said about Coventry. I was really surprised that when we played Coventry a couple of weeks ago, they didn't like lower the ticket prices and like try and sell out the place because of the push. Excuse me for the playoffs. Um, I mean, Coventry had thirty k in there today. Four and a half thousand of them were Birmingham City fans. So. A lot of that will probably be to do with the localness. But, um, yeah, you know, near enough 45,000 fans in the stadium alike, you know, you sort of thought, right, you know, Watford are sort of not playing well at the moment and bottling it a little bit. And, um, you know, we're coming up against a team who are at home. um, And, yes, their home record hasn't been great this season. I think I heard John Marks and Tommy Mooney say they've lost seven times at home this season but and I think only Wigan and Stoke uh Wigan and QPR have scored less at home than them that uh, this season um I think that was the stat anyway but regardless you know 45,000 fans Watford's really really downward slope at the moment um it sort of in my, in my mind it was only going one way and I'll be honest I actually put a bet on which included Watford losing by four goals. Uh, <laughs> now, obviously, that didn't come in, but that was the sort of vibe you were getting pre-match. So, you know, in that regard, we did well. But in the regard of going turning up and fucking it up, no, we didn't do well. But, yeah, you know, I thought we started the game really well, considering that they were well up for it. And you could tell it was a loud, hostile atmosphere as well, Ben. Yeah, and as we were saying about how they are chasing for that playoff position... They're two points outside the playoffs now, but they're currently sitting on seventh place. If you're watching YouTube, you can see the screen um, split that I've just done. So I'm showing everyone the league table for Sunderland at the moment. If you're on um, um, listening on podcasts, um, Spotify's or Apple podcasts, um, I've just got the table up. So yeah, the two points behind Millwall, they've got a better goal difference as well. So they'll be kicking themselves today, Mike. That's a missed opportunity for them, especially in a sellout crowd uh, in front of a sellout crowd. But Again, Watford this season throwing away another two two goal lead, Mike, wasn't it? It's they've, they've bottled it. We've seen it so many times this season, and there was actually a, um, stats put out by um, Lou Warns after the game about it. I'm not sure if you've seen it, Mike, and I'll run for it now. It's how many times Watford have actually thrown away a lead this season. So they were one nil up um, against Wigan, drew one one, one nil up against Huddersfield, lost three two. 2-0 up against Coventry, drew 2-2. 1-0 up against Cardiff, lost 3-1. 2-0 up against Sunderland, drew 2-2. That's 14 points dropped. It just shows how the mentality is inside that football club at the moment. Yeah, it's rotten to the core, mate. It really, really is. Um, it, it, you know, everything to do with the club at the moment, really, really rotten. Um, and it, it, it's disappointing, you know. Uh, it's not the Watford that we know, the, the Watford that we love. And it, it's killing me, it really, really is. You know, uh, I, I can remember recently, um, you know, some of my mates went through the same thing with uh, Aston Villa in, in the not-so-recent years 
where they went down to the championship and they had that first season in the championship where they were really struggling and the, um, you know they played against Wickham and I think they lost against Luton as well if I remember correctly and you know they they were the fans were getting at the players and there was that video that went viral with Michael Richards on the bench chatting to the Villa fans about how it was going terribly and you know, you sort of think, you know, wow, that's a big club in Aston Villa this is happening to. And it's it's a bit close to home at the moment, you know. We're in a group chat, me and Ben, and uh, with other Watford fans, our mates, obviously. And, you know, we, we've sort of all agreed that, you know, we, we, we probably resign to the fact that we will probably see League One before we see the Premier League again, the way that it's going at the moment. And, you know, it, it really does kill me um, that the... the Considering how well we've been doing recently, you know, we had five consecutive seasons in the Premier League and now we're in the Championship and we, 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 we're probably going to finish in the bottom half of the Championship. You know, you cast your mind back to the season before the Pozzos joined. We finished higher than we're probably going to finish now the season before, that, that Sean Dolch season before the Pozzos took over the club. So it, it really is tough to watch at the moment and there's a real disconnect between the fans and the club. I mean, I only watched today because I had nothing else to do. I, yeah. I didn't have a game. My, my football team in Birmingham didn't have a game. And, you know, I've got my run next week. So, you know, I could have well easily have, you know, probably gone to Birmingham this weekend. But I, I had nothing else. So I just thought I'll watch it. We scored. I, it wasn't a celebration, you know, that I usually, you know, I usually scream the house down, you know, I live in a block of flats, and I won't be surprised if all the all the uh, the neighbours nearby can hear when Watford score. But both times when Watford scored, it was just like you know really muted celebrations, and that kills me. You know, when my team score, I want to be roaring the place down. I want to be jumping round. I want to be going like an absolute madman. But the fact that we scored twice today, and I was just like, oh yeah, you know, we scored. Happy days. It, the, the, that that feeling of joy and and the energy just isn't there at the moment. And the sooner this season's finished, the the better for me, Benny. And it's sad that it's got to that. Yeah, well, you're not the only one feeling like that, mate. Um, I'm unsure whether to attend the game next week against Stoke. I've, I must apologise for everyone the last couple of weeks as well. Like the way the football club's been, it, it's really affected myself and Mike a little bit like coming on here talking about Watford's performances after the def defeats after defeats it, and I'm not saying it, it's down it's because of the defeats it's the manner of the defeats and seeing that the players are pretty much down tools I and mean, then you're seeing how toxic it is between the fans and the owners me and Mike just it was we was due to do a review of a Cardiff City game and we both said to each other I, I can't do it I physically can't bring myself to talk about what the football club that's why we've given ourselves a couple of weeks off because it's just mentally draining uh, like we love doing these podcasts as well but when you're watching performances like that week in week out when they're, they're spineless they're not putting any effort in they're not playing for the shirt that's not the football club that i i, I love um and it, it and it's it's depressing um but we've, we've dusted ourselves down and we thought you know what we'll go again it's near the end of the season let's end on a high um so we we, we said let's do a saturday night review um so we popped it out before the results in case anyone was like pointing fingers saying oh i was only going to do it if what would win and that but look we threw away another two goal lead so here we are um but yeah it's just i don't know how you feel mike it's it's the disconnect between 
the, the stands and the pitch at the moment. But if anything, the players on the pitch today, but they gave more than what they have done in recent weeks. Would you agree with that? Yeah, of course. You know, uh, it, it wasn't perfect because at the end of the day, you know, we still bottled a, a 2 0 lead. Mm-hmm. But from the off, I, I thought we, we looked all right, you know, considering everything. You know that we've talked about forty-five thousand Sunderland fans, and we know that they live, they they absolutely love their football up there. You know, they they live, sleep, and breathe it, and you know that they are really passionate with their football. So, considering that, you know, trying to sell their place out to get behind the team, they're pushing for playoffs. I thought we we made a brilliant start. You know, we really frustrated them. There was times where Sunderland fans were getting on the Sunderland players' backs and it was almost like the opposite of what we've been expecting. It's almost like, you know, how it's been at Vicarage Road recently with the home fans where, you know, there's moaning and groaning at, you know, misplaced passes and, oh, God, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do that? And we were sort of the team that were making the home fans do that. And it, it, it was weird because we, we're so used to being the team that does that. Um but I thought we started really well. You know, Cabba took his goal well. Uh, I thought Cabba got a lot of stick. I know he, he didn't do particularly well. The equalising goal for um, for Sunderland, he actually took out Hamza Chowdhury or vice versa. So, you know, he, he, he was sort of maybe back to his old tricks. But I thought Cabba had a decent game, to be fair to him. There's not many people that will say that. They, you know, they'll, they'll just be talking about how he, he fouled his own player in the build-up to the equalising goal. Um, and... I thought we dealt with them. And this is what frustrates me. If we had that sort of clinical player, a.k.a. João Pedro, in the squad today, we, we could have put the game to bed in the first half. We could have well easily have been 3 nil up in that first half. And that's what frustrates me, I think. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk a bit, bit more about João Pedro in a, in a bit um, because I've got a few things I want to say about my thoughts on him leaving and that and his effects on the team. Um, but yeah, fantastic for Cabba to come in. Captain's armband gets a goal. That's actually his first goal since December 2020. Um, so it's been a long time for him to get on the goal sheet. And look at that face of his. It was obviously, he was, was over the moon to, to get that as well. Because yeah, he, is, uh, he gets a lot of criticism and it's undeserved at times. And I'll tell you what about Christian Cavaselli. He, he might not be the best footballer, but I guarantee you he's probably the only one that one of the players that cares the most about this football club and will, um, yeah, he cares the most about this football club. So you can't doubt that about him. Um, but we we went 2 new up, Mike. It was another set-piece goal. It was Ryan Porteous as well, Porto. Um, fantastic header again. Like the, the centre-backs are outshining the strikers this, <laughs> from set-pieces, aren't they? Absolutely. And, you know, considering how poor we are from set pieces, to score twice in one game from them, you know, I think the last time we did that was probably Cardiff. Um, the, the away game, we scored uh, both from corners. And, you know, Porteous has shown that he can do it. He did it against Reading. And, um, you know, Tommy Mooney and John Marks highlighted before the game that Sunderland's weakness was set pieces. And I thought every, I thought the set piece delivery today was superb. How yeah. many times a season have we sat down and watched Watford and the same thing happens again and again? We front cannot man, beat man. the first man. <laughs> we, we cannot yeah. beat the first man. But today, the, the <laughs> deliveries were absolutely pinpoint. 
and we got two goals from it. And it's frustrating. I mean, I'm one of these, right? It, you, you you need shooting if you can't beat your first man from a fucking corner. And that's yeah. any level. Not I'm not even talking about professional now. If one of my lads on a Saturday couldn't beat the first man, I'd fucking bollock him. Let alone if I'm paying you, you know, 30, 40 grand a week to play professionally and you can't beat the first man, which, you know, Watford seemed to have a real problem doing. Um, but it was brilliant to see today. And, you know, maybe that's that's a thing that we, we can sort of build on in the future. Porteous, I think he's going to be an absolutely huge player over the next few years. Uh, I, I can see him taking the armband sooner than people think as well. Uh, I, I think he's a natural blown leader. And I think he's one of the ones that we need to build the squad around next season as well. Do you know what I'd like to see as well? I know Chris Wilder's got a lot of criticism with his substitutions, and we'll get onto that in a bit. But do you remember the first couple of games that Chris Wilder was manager? And whenever we was losing or needed to chase the game, he would take Ryan Porteous off. He's actually starting Ryan Porteous ahead of Wesley Hoot. And all Watford fans know that that's the right, that's the right decision because... Porteous is a better defender than Wesley Hoot. Wesley Hoot gets caught square on so many times. He lacks the pace. He, he, he lacks the aggression at times as well, where Porteous has got it. Um, Porteous, I know he can be a loose screw at times, but he's also got that mentality that you need for a decent centre-half. And, yeah, I agree. I, I think he will get that captain man quicker than people think. And who, who knows? It might be the start of next season, depending who's still around at that football club. Um, but... He, Mike, again, Watford, just within minutes, wasn't it? Luco nine up the other end, former Hornet. He actually scored in a reverse fixture earlier on in the season, but it was an own goal um, for Sunderland that helped Watford um, score. Um, but yeah, I must say, it's good seeing how well Luco nine's performing week in, week out, isn't it, for Sunderland, considering he came through our youth system. Yeah, you know, fair play to the lads. Um, I mean, at the time... You know, that there was that time, it was a Sonino season where he made his debut, I believe it was. And, um, you know, there, there was talk about him and all this hype and, you know, he was brilliant with a tennis ball. We knew that for sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we thought, is he going to make the step up and play first team? And I think he made a couple of appearances. And to be honest, and, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, he's, he's had fun sort of proving the doubt as wrong, but I didn't think he'd make it at Watford. Um, ultimately, he didn't. You know, he did really well at Wickham. Maybe thought we found he found his level at League One, and then he's been brilliant at, at, at Sunderland. And you know, other than his goal today, I think he struggled to deal with Keenan Davis, and uh, I, I don't think he was in the game much at all. But fair play to the lad. You know, he, he's he's at a team who are knocking on the door for the playoffs. Um, he's at a team who are on the up in Sunderland as well. And you know, like I say, fair play to him and. He seems a really good lad and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, things work out for him at Sunderland. Yeah, and the dreaded seven minutes added on time, Mike, we all knew what was happening. Our mate Jacob put in his WhatsApp group, at, uh, in our WhatsApp group, the moment Sunderland equalised, he screenshotted a bet he put on. I think he put on a bet when Watford were 2 up saying it would be it would end 2-2, so he won money off the back of it. But you just knew it was coming, wasn't it? it? They were knocking on the door. And then Patrick Roberts, you don't let him cut inside onto his left foot. 
you know, you've seen his ability all season. He scored so many goals. Him and Jack Clark cutting in on their favoured feet and just curling it into a corner. But you just knew that was coming, didn't you, Mike? Yeah, you know, seven minutes added on. Um, I've, I watch, I'm quite lucky. I'm in a position where I can watch the games. And um, what I tend to do, I have a bit of a theory, is I, um, I've i got an app which is Flash Score. And the notifications of the Watford games come through. And I usually have that on whilst I'm managing. So that when I'm managing, if I check my phone, I'll see the score pop up. Now, when I watch the game, I turn my notifications off because I don't want it to ruin it. And the streams that I managed to find, unfortunately, I'm like a minute or two behind real time. So sometimes I've been caught short where the notification pops up before the goal has happened on the screen. So today, I obviously had the notifications off. But what I do is if we're winning and it's in the injury time, I'll go on the app because the app is ahead of my game. And I'll be like, right, I'll see the game out on the app so that I know that this attack that I'm seeing on screen amounts to nothing and it's nothing to worry about. <laughs> now, I was checking the, the app and uh, some of them were on the attack. I was like, shit, you know, this, this looks like they could do something here. But the app was saying, this is the minute we're in. And my screen was saying I was behind that and we were still leading. And I thought, right, it seems like we're going to be all right. You know, close down the app. And then next thing you know, we um, we go and bloody concede to Patrick Roberts. But as you say, you know, really, really poor. Uh, I thought Semmer didn't close him down quick enough. And, you know, Dan Backman obviously thought it was going wide. I mean, it wasn't long ago we were talking about another goalkeeper that thought the shot was going wide and it went in uh, in Ben Hamer against Coventry. Admittedly, not quite as bad or as obvious as Ben Hamer's error, but still, you know, you'd at least expect Batman to to attempt to go and try and save it. But yeah, you know, it was it, it was bound to happen, wasn't it? You know, to go two 0 up and then concede and then claw them their way back into it. What felt like thirty seconds later, you sort of knew which way the game was heading, uh, which which frustrates me, but. You know, fair play to Sunderland. Um, you know, I quite like Sunderland after that documentary that was on um, was on Netflix. So, you know, I, I hope they make a good stab at it and, and get in the playoffs and, and beat Luton. Uh, I'll happily have anyone beat Luton. Um, but, yeah, you know, really poor from us. Another game. And I think the thing that, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered if we, we hung on and won because it counts for nothing. You know, this season's been shit. But it's just a frustrating thing of how many times we've been ahead and just lost it. I think they were saying on Hive Live that if you took into consideration the points that we've, you know, been ahead in games and then lost the game or drawn the game, and like you said earlier with that stat from Luans, you know, we could have comfortably being in the playoffs, we could be sitting here now chilling, thinking, oh, yeah, you know, we drew 2-2 with Sunderland, but, you know, focus on the playoffs, make sure everyone's fit. But we're not, because we, the mentality within the club is shocking. And it really, really frustrates us. And, you know, you know, 13th there, uh, as, as Ben pulls up the table for anyone that's listening on the podcast, 13th, 60 points, and then Millwall are in sixth place on 68 points with a game to go. 
So we could potentially finish eight points outside the playoffs. Uh, I mean, that is shocking. I mean, Norwich will probably be feeling the same. I, 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 last time I saw they were drawing 1-1 with West Brom. I don't know how that's finished up or if it's still going on. But, you know, Preston, Swansea, Blackburn above us. Yeah, I, I mean, no disrespect to these clubs, but you, you'd, you'd put your money, you'd put your house on us finishing above them at the start of the season. So, really, really frustrating campaign. And oh, I just hope next season is not even worse, mate. I really do. Same. Well, that point today away at the Sunderland and Light, that has guaranteed Watford to finish no lower than 13th in the table. So, get in. We're not going to finish 14th or below. Um, it's poor, though, isn't it? A season down from the Premier League with squad that we've actually got together and then you put together a campaign where you, you're 13th in the table with one game remaining. We went through that injury spell at, after the World Cup break where we had about 15, 16 players out. But I'm not going to use that as an excuse because on the 3rd of January, Watford were third. What's happened, Mike, since January to the end of April? for us to move down 13 places in the league? The usual tripe, you know, the players thinking, oh, you know what, we're bored of this manager. Let's start underperforming for a few games. He'll get sacked. Then a new guy will come in. We'll see how that goes. And if we don't like him, we'll start underperforming again. So it's player power. It really, really is. The, The need for a clear out is so obvious. You know, I was chatting to one of my mates who's a Birmingham City fan. And he was he, he he said to me about Pedro, which we'll talk about. And uh, he says, do you, do you think you need a bit of a clear out? I says, mate, we need to completely gut this place out. I can maybe name you, other than the youth lads, the, 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 the first team at the moment, I could probably name you two, three players that I'd keep. Uh, other than that, happily get rid of the rest. And, you know, it, it, it's been the same group of players. You know, we, we seem you know, persistent on keeping this group of players when, you know, the songs have moved on and, you know, we, we're keeping this. But Ken Seller, for example, he's not the player he was in that lockdown season in the Championship. That lockdown season in the Championship, Ken Seller was the GOAT. Now, he, he looks derelict of any confidence. Whether that's anything to do with how the team have been performing, I don't know. But he looks a shadow of his former player. And um, it, it's all down to the players. I, I, we, we completely need to go out and just start again. I agree. Um, and it looks like we're, we're going to start the summer. Well, it looks like we're starting to make changes to the squad for next season. And that's why... And Mr. Jal Pedro wasn't in the, the lineup today. He, if you've not on Instagram, he uploaded a lovely photo of him in his back garden stroking his dog um, about an hour before the teams was announced. Uh, so that that was the indication that he wasn't going to be playing at Sunderland. Um, and then, yeah, the news broke during the week that he he wasn't going to be in. Um, he was going to be moving on from Watford. Um, Fabrizio Romano um, came out with a tweet during the week where he said that uh, Brighton were very close to a deal with them. Um, so Brighton have since agreed a deal in principle to sign Watford striker Joel Pedro in a club record deal. Um, the move for the 21-year-old Brazilian um, will be completed in the summer when a transfer 
window reopens, it's expected to be a club record fee for Brighton, eclipsing their signing for defender Adam Webster from Bristol City for around £20 million. Uh, Joe Pedro has been at Watford since 2020 um, and he looks set to move on after two and a half seasons. A 21-year-old has made 109 appearances for Watford, scoring 24 goals. And yeah, I think his last goal for Watford would be that goal away at Coventry City. I'm glad that we were both there, Mike, to see that because he's going to go on to big things, Joe Pedro. But what's your initial thoughts on the news that broke during the week and Joe Pedro departing the Hornets? Uh, I'm not surprised. Um, but do you know what? If I'm looking at it from the outside, looking in, I'm glad we're getting it done early. So there's none of this nonsense. Will he, won't he? Will he, won't he? We know that he's going now. Yes, it's a shame, but he's going to a good club. I really think Brighton are a team on the up. Um, I mean, it would be great to see him push for Europe this season. It really would. So that's the potential there. You know, they could. They had a brilliant win today. Six nil winners against Wolves. Yeah. Um, Four nil half time, I think. Exactly. And, you know, João Pedro could be going straight into European football. And that would be brilliant. I've said countless times on this podcast... João Pedro will be better than Richarlison. And I said in my tweet saying farewell, João, I said, with this move, he will be capped for Brazil in the next two years. The next World Cup that comes along, I mean, that will be in um, three years' time, I think. The next World Cup that comes along, João Pedro will be playing for Brazil. We are a shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, uh, and maybe the next... Uh, major tournament that Brazil are in João Pedro will also be playing for Brazil and I think this will better him and I think a team like Brighton, the way that De Zerbi plays, De Zerbi is a brilliant coach by the way yeah. you know Brighton have really done well to get him there and they've you know he, he's taken like it to a duck to water and I think João Pedro in that team will, will only go from strength to strength and yes, I'm gutted that he's going. Of course I am. He's, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the tal- most talented Watford players I've seen in a Watford shirt since I started supporting this club. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm glad that he's going to a team like Brighton rather than Newcastle. Because if I'm honest, if he went to Newcastle, would he play week in, week out? Probably not. He'd probably be one of these bit part players till he forced his way in the team. And we don't want that from Jao. We want him to go to a team that he's going to play regularly and flourish. And I think Brighton's a perfect team for that. Yeah, I think Brighton suits him down to a T for their style of play as well. He'll be able to express himself. He'll be coached by a great individual um, that um, they've got in charge of this club. Um, and like you said today, today they scored six goals. So you can just see Jao Pedro enjoying himself at Brighton and he's going to be properly coached as well. And let's be honest, in the last couple of seasons, the last two seasons, he's had six head coaches. How can you coach him and get the, main, the big potential out of him? It's credit to him to see how well he's done with his career so far with Watford, considering the amount of managers that he's actually had at Vicarage Road. Um, I'm obviously gutted that he's leaving. He's, he's probably my favourite player that's played in the Watford shirt. He's 
by far the talented player I've seen in, in the Watford shirt. And it, it's a shame that we're not going to see him for any longer than this season or we're not going to see him again in the Watford shirt. Um, they won't risk him against um, Stoke next weekend. Why would you jeopardise a £30 million deal? If he played that, did his Achilles or ruptured his um, ACL, that, that's that deal over, isn't it? Um, so you, you've got to wrap him up in the cotton wool now. I, I, I hope he's that big road. I hope he comes onto a pitch. I hope he gets the ovation that he deserves. Um, yeah, wish him all the best. And what I will say to you, your little um, tweet that you popped out the other day about he will play for Brazil within two years. I think I better that. I think he could play for Brazil. If he plays week in, week out for Brighton, hits the floor running, I think he could play within a year for Brazil. I, I, I think he's that talented. Um, so hopefully he, he he can flourish at Brighton. I'm glad he's staying in the Premier League. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm glad he's not gone to a club like Newcastle. I think playing for a team that's fighting for European football will, will be great for him. And I hope that, well, I, I well, I do hope, but I, I think Gino and Scott Duxbury would be clever and it would have put down a big sell-on clause as well because he, he's not going to stop. He's, he's not going to end his career at Brighton. He's 21. Is he 21 years of age still, Mike? Yeah. And, and he's going to go on and play for bigger clubs. Um, he will end up playing Champions League football. He'll be winning the big honours in football. Um, so, yeah, good luck to him. Um, but what I will say, Mike, is I don't know if you agree or not. I think I put it in the group chat earlier. With Jal out of the team, does it make the team play more as a team and not the individual? I don't know. I think there's still a few individuals in that team. You look at Imran Loser today, for example. I know you didn't watch the game, but there was a couple of times Imran tried to do things like sort of that wow factor and it just didn't come off. And a few of his teammates around him was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know, don't do that. Um, I, I think we still have a few of those. I think it all, Hamza Chowdhury, his loan spell has probably been the, it would split opinion in the fan base. You know, you look at some games, he was superb. You look at other games, he was shocking. Um, but, I don't know. I, I I just I really hope we reinvest that money. Um, I'm not saying we won't invest money. all of it, though, will we? Because obviously we saw the accounts the other day, and and Ben Mangas said that what he will get some money to reinvest. But I, I don't want fans thinking, okay, we get thirty million, we can spend ten million on a player. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I'd be surprised if what would spend more than two million pounds on the player in the summer because we've we've got to cut our debt, don't we? I, I do see money being reinvested in the squad, but fans need to be realistic, don't they, Mike? A hundred percent, we do. You know, it, this is going to be a transfer window, which we're going to have to be a bit savvy. We're going to have to, you know, um, get a few bargains here and there. Maybe dip into the Bosman market, a few out, you know, players that are uh, out of contract. Um, and you know, what for fans need to understand that, but we've got to be clever with this transfer yeah. window. I, I went on the do not scratch your eyes, um, Twitter space earlier after the game, and I, I made a point that you know, you look back on the seasons where we've done well in the championship, and it's usually because we've signed a player that knows the championship inside out. You look back on the season we went up. January, we signed Ben Watson, Matt Connolly, Sebastian Bassong. 
You know, that, that was the, the, the key to going up. We had all these players, you know, from Udinese. We had Armin Abdi, Daniel Pudil, Matty Vidra. But, you know, it was the players like your Watsons, like your Connollys, like your Bassons that really helped us get over the line. And it's been a while since we've seen one of those signings, you know. And the, it's almost as if the Pozzos have just become ignorant to it. You know, we, we need someone that knows the league. Um, you know, you one I, I mentioned the two names that I mentioned on the Twitter space earlier. Um, the first one sort of splits your room a little bit. Johnson Clark Harris for me, I, I, I would give him a one year deal. I think he's 28 now, League One top goal scorer, played for Peterborough in the Championship, was injured for half a season, and still managed to get 12 goals in the Championship. And he was out for half a season, so that for me. He's yes, please. He's um, top goal scoring league one at the moment. Um, and you know, I'd happily have him. The only downside to it may be it sounds a bit like Andre Gray at Brentford. We would have to create a shitload of chances just for him to maybe convert one or two. And that's why Andre Gray didn't work at Watford. Brentford were able to turn over chance after chance after chance and Andre would then score one or two of them. Watford don't really create that many chances. He would sort of have to work off what he's got, sort of feed off the scraps a little bit. And another man I'd get, Ollie McBurney, out of contract in the summer. Sit him down and say, right, Ollie, you know, here's, here's a checkbook. How much do you want a week at Watford? I mean, I don't for one minute think Chris Wilder will stay, but if Chris Wilder did stay, then, you know, that would be perfect link up. Chris Wilder's worked with Ollie McBurney before, but we need to make sure that we're clever and we dip into the English market cleverly because if we don't, you know, it, it's going to fall back on us. I mean, I love how, um, obviously, Connor Chaplin scored today, so... <laughs> yeah, Ipswich won at five nil, I think. So yeah. that's, that's why they've that, that's happened. But Clark Harris, twenty five goals. I know it's League One, but he's 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 proven wherever he's gone, he scores goals. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, and I think we, we was having this chat again, and I keep referring back to our WhatsApp group with our mates, but we was having a chat earlier, and one of the guys was saying he doubts that Watford will actually go into the, the English market. And I, I said, I raised the point saying, we have to. We have to fill the British quota in the squad. So we will definitely dip into it. It's just, do we dip in and bring up-and-coming players that we've done before, like the likes of Wilmot, Pollock, or do we actually go after those experienced players, the, those kind of people that you need for a long championship campaign? And like the Ben Watson, Sebastian Bassong, uh, Matthew Connolly, they're the players that you need in and around this squad. And it, I know people might not like this as well, but it's been mentioned a few times by Chris Wilder and I think Andrew French as well. If we have the players like Dan Goslin in and around the first team this season, Tom Cleverley, would the players have down tools as much as they have done in recent months? I don't think they would have done as much. Um, not not with the the, the the pros like Dan Goslin and Tom Cleverley's where they demand performances, they demand respect and they demand performances for the fans. Do you agree? I, I agree. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are like, why do we keep 
giving them contract extensions. But it's like Aurelio Gomez, for example. You know, that, that season that we, we, we keep him on and, you know, people think, oh, that was his, maybe his last season, but then we kept him on. Players like that have such a big presence in and around the dressing room. We took some, some I mean, listen, it counted for fuck all because Luton beat us at Kenilworth Road. But we took Tom Cleverly to Kenilworth Road. He wasn't fit, but we took him there because he's a good, he's, he's an influence in the dressing room. And having players like that around and in the squad, that's the key thing. It's all in good having them around the training ground and sort of on a match day, but having them in the squad is something different. I mean, Dan Gosling for us in that uh, lockdown season was was superb, a really good, uh, you know, move that we made. He's not quite been as lucky as we perhaps wanted, you know, in terms of playing and he, he picked up that injury. That was probably the last time we'll see him in a Watford shirt, which is a shame. But yeah, of course it is, you know, having characters like that, there's a reason that Watford want to stick by them and want to have them around. I saw WD18 put out a tweet earlier. I think Cathcart's deal comes to an end at the end of the season. And you know, would you extend Cathcart's deal? For me, yes, I would. Not necessarily saying he'd be playing week in, week out, but he's an experienced member of the team. He's experienced. He knows the league. Having someone like that in and around the squad would only benefit the team. So, yeah, I would. And there was a lot of people that were quick to say, no, 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 get rid, you know, cut ties. But having players like that around the squad really is beneficial. You look at every championship team that does well, I can guarantee I could pick out two or three players that, you know, they've had there for some time and the, the experience. Sunderland today, for example, Alex Pritchard, you know, he's been in the championship for a fair few years. He come on as a sub today, but he's in and around the team. That Sunderland team today is quite a young team, if you look at it. I, I'd, I'd be quite interested to see their average age, actually. But it was quite an, it's quite a young squad. But they've got someone they can fall back on and they've got that experience in the squad. You know, Luco Nine's been around as well. Alex Pritchard. Uh, I'm trying to think as well. Um, Ollie McBurney for Sheffield United. Ashley Barnes for Burnley, um, who's in the um, Coventry um one of their centre-backs, his name escapes me, he's been in and around the leagues as well. So, you know, you look at the squads that are doing well in the Championship and they've got that experience in and around the squad who's playing as well and that really does help them. And uh, we've missed that with uh, Cleverly and Gosling being out. Well, just quickly, because I'm conscious on time and I know you want to order food as well, Mike, but this summer it's, it's going to be a massive overhaul, isn't it, at Watford Football Club? Um, I'm just going to share a screen as well for the contracts with Watford, the players that we're potentially going to be losing in the summer due to them going on loan or contracts being expired. Um, ignore Ken Semmer on there, though, because I do believe he has signed a new contract and he's got about another couple of years left um, with the club. But might it just shows how much of a big job that Ben Manga's actually got at Watford Football Club, isn't it? You look at it and... You've got Hamza Chowdhury heading back to Leicester. You've got Keenan Davis back to Villa. Dan Gosling out of contract. Craig Cathcart out of contract. Tom Cleverley out of contract. Leandro Bakuna out of contract. Um, 
British Sambalonga out of contract, but there's an option for a further year. Um, Hassan Kamara back to Indonesia, Henry Arohu back to Benfica, and then you've got Mateus Martins back to Indonesia. Massive, massive overhaul in the summer, and this is where Ben Manga's really got his work cut out. Absolutely, is you know he did a superb job at Frankfurt, but now it is time to really show what he can do. I mean, people have tried judging him on a January transfer window, for God's sake. Like, give him the summer. You know what I mean? Let loan players go back. Let contracts expire. Give him a clean slate, a blank canvas to work with, and let's see what he can do. As long... uh, Wendover Orn actually made a really good point to me when I mentioned it on the uh, Do Not Scratch Your Eyes Twitter page, uh, Twitter space. And he said, we will have no choice but to dip into the British market because of the quota that you have to fill. Really, really good point, well made. And like I said, I don't mind if the Pozzos want to dip into the South American markets, find these gems, you know, don't let me stop you. By all means, go ahead. But make sure that the core is British. The core knows the league because that's where you go wrong. It really, really is. You know, you look at teams that have been promoted out of this league at, uh, the past few years and you could probably pick off four or five players that know the league in that squad and probably pick off players where they've bought players in in the January or they've bought players in at the start of the season because they know the league. It is yeah. so important that we bring in a British core of the squad. It really, really is. So I'm really looking forward to see what Manga does. You know, I've no doubt that he's very good at his job. Listen, Frankfurt, he did a superb job at, and there's still people to this day questioning how Watford have got him, how they've prized him away from Frankfurt. Because for me, it seems like he's off his head because he did such a good job at Frankfurt. They won the Europa League, and then he's left that and he's, you know, found all these gems for Frankfurt, and then he's come to Watford. And you're like, why? But there's obviously a reason for it. He's very good at his job. So I really do look forward to seeing what he does this summer. And to be honest, Ben, I'm at a stage now where I don't really give a shit about the Stoke game. Get that out of the way and let the transfer start commencing. Let's get Sar out the door. Um, you know, let's get his transfer wrapped up. None of this, oh, will Sar move? Will he? Will, won't he? Let's get that wrapped up. Keenan Davies back to Villa. Hamza Chowdhury back to Leicester. And let's start bringing some players in and start building for next season because next season is going to be one hell of a season. It's either going to break us or it's going to make us. And there's no in-between. And uh, bring it on is what I say. They've definitely got their work cut out. I think we've got our work cut out as well with content this summer because there's going to be so many ins and outs. We're going to have so many discussions about all this. Um, but one question I want to ask you is, do you, do you think that the culture, will the culture at Watford affect our signing players, do you reckon? Or quality yeah, of players? We, we had this discussion earlier, didn't we, in one of the That's groups? I brought it up. I thought it would be interesting yeah. for everyone to hear. I don't know. Uh, I, I totally get what you mean. You know, you look at Watford and you sort of think if you're a player and you go in there, you think, well, yeah, that manager's there at the moment. It'd be great to work with him. But realistically, how long have I got to work with him? Uh, you know, um, and that that will always be in the back of your mind as, as a player going to Watford. But at the end of the day, Ben, I still stand by what I said earlier. I think A, location-wise, is superb for Watford. We're just on the border of London. 
you know, if players come from abroad, you know, you pretty much sell it to them as, oh, you'll be playing in London. Um, and I think as well, I know you made a good point back to me, which you, you'll probably repeat in a minute. But I think, and again, I might get a bit of stick for this, but I think if you look at us in the championship, we're, we're quite... You, you look at us as a team in the championship and you associate with Watford with being up there. I don't, I think the, the word I used in the group chat earlier of us being a big team in the championship, I think was a wrong one to use. I think if Sheffield Wednesday come up, they're a massive club. If Nottingham Forest, Leeds, Leicester, Southampton come down, they're all massive clubs. I think what I meant to say was you associate Watford in the championship with doing well in terms of being a big club. So I think that helps as well. You know, mm. we've definitely got Premier League facilities. So if you're if, if we're trying to prize someone from a League One team or a League Two team, that will work in our favour as well. So yes, I get what you mean. Will it put players off? Of course it will put certain players off. But I think we've got a lot of things in our favour. The training, the, uh, the stadium, the location... And the the size of the club will work in our favour as well, and it has done for the past few years. Yeah, no, I, I do get where you're coming from. I just feel like with you saying that, or well, your actual words were, "We're still a big club in the champ," mm. and I guess you're saying the size of a club will we'll do pretty well in the championship still. And my argument back was to you saying, "I don't even think we're a big side." in the championship I put us down as maybe the sixth biggest side in the championship I put clubs ahead of me, us like Sunderland Middlesbrough Sheffield United West Brom Norwich I mean I put us on the level par as Burnley Burnley have just got recruitment outstanding this year on the pitch with the players and the manager manager's been a breath of fresh share Vincent Company I applaud you. What a stellar job he's done for his first managerial job in, in England. He's smashed it, smashed it out of the woods. Um, but then you've, you've got maybe the three teams coming down from the Premier League, they're going to be big teams. That pushed Watford down to maybe eight, nine biggest in the league. And I just think Watford might struggle to attract those championship players that we might want to go for, for like that British spine to the team. Because I think there'll be other options around for them um but yeah that's 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 our thoughts on it but another thing we want to talk about as well is how we're having to rely on our youth players at the moment and we've seen it with the emergence of James Morris, Toby Adiemu, Ryan Andrews again stellar performance from Ryan Andrews again today but there's news um that we're trying to get Adrian Blake and Harry Amos to sign new contracts, aren't we, Mike? Because they are two very promising players and they are very, well, they're very highly rated and Watford are trying to do absolutely everything in their power to try and keep them at Watford Football Club for another season. Um, and I did a little um, screenshot earlier of it and Watford have offered enhanced professional contracts to academy players Adrian Blank and Harry Amos and are now waiting to see if a pair decide to sign them. Watford work on a template for professional contracts offered to academy players with agreed salaries for year one, which then increase for year two, which would then again increase to year three should the club take up the option. However, they've also had the right to stray from these template figures if they feel the potential of the players warrants it. 
it's it's refreshing to see what Watford are actually trying to do absolutely everything and bending over backwards to try and get these um, players to sign with Mike. But do you think it's maybe? Do you think it's actually going to work, or do you think the pull of like the attraction of playing for a bigger side is actually going to miss out for Watford, where we're going to lose two of our most exciting prospects? Yeah, I, I, I do worry. Of course, you know it's been a while since we've really tried to bring youth players through. You know, you you associate Watford as a team bringing players through from the academy before the Pozzos. We we were brilliant at it. You know, we've we've really brought through some you know players that have gone on to do decent things, um, and you know Adrian Blake, really really promising player. You know, it sounds like we offered him a contract before, and his new agent said no. Um, Harry Amass linked with Man United, and of course, you know the heads will turn. They're young lads. You know, you you've got a team like Tottenham or Man U coming in for you. Your head's going to turn. Of course it is. But at the end of the day, you'd like to think that they sort of look at it from a perspective of, well, actually, yes, those teams are after me, but if I go there, am I going to be still here in a year? Whereas if I stay at Watford, there's a good chance I put myself in the shop window for a year at least and really give it my all. And, you know, who knows what can happen? So I'd like to think that those two will sign those enhanced deals. I think the fact that we've enhanced the deals as well Sort sort of speak volumes to them that how yeah. highly rated they are, and I'd like to think they think well. Actually, you know, they obviously hold us in high regard, so we'll repay the faith a little bit. And you know, it'd be good to um, it'd be good to get them embedded into the first team because they're two players that I could absolutely see being regulars in the squad next season. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, and it, it's encouraging to see that Watford's actually trying to try and keep hold of their best youngsters now. There's been so many times where they've been snapped up by bigger sides, and we're seeing them flourish at those other sides. Um, so it, it, it's great to see that Watford have tried to do it, especially Harry Amos. I saw him in the FA Youth Cup against Arsenal, and I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch. Um, and he was playing at the age of 15 in that game against. 18-year-olds and he just he didn't look afraid he didn't look like he was three years younger than them if anything he looked like he was the older player with the way he was playing um but yeah um, and then just finally just uh just as we wrap it up um we just wanted to make everyone aware of the new well more information that's came out about the Watford supporters group that they've came together. Um, me and Mike have been involved in some conversations behind the scenes of trying to put things together um We've had a small input. I'll, I'll say that, um, not because we, yeah, I, I, yeah. I say a small input only because the people that are um, putting it together. I don't want to name names, obviously. Well, I name one name, Pete from Do Not Scratch Your Eyes. He, he's openly admitted saying that he's been putting in a lot of work behind the scenes. So uh, he he he's basically put everyone together. He's got people from different supporters group, from podcast fanzine supporters uh, trust all together to try and find the best and fairest way of people putting questions forward and getting people to apply for a ballot for this up-and-coming fan event with Gino Posso. Um, so me and Mike have basically just been in a WhatsApp group and we've been seeing what's been going on and we've 
came up with a couple of bits and pieces now and again but there's so many good people behind this and they're just trying to get the best thing for Watford Football Club and trying to get make it as fair as possible because last time let's be honest it was a massive balls up from a club how they threw everyone under the bus especially with the, the lads from WDA team the, the abuse that some of them received especially Sam Yuko was undeserved and it, it's absolutely just disgraceful to see that people are treating other people like that when he they were just invited along for for a meeting they wasn't told what was going to happen in that meeting and then they basically had a piece of paper where they had to sign where they couldn't share certain information and then they had to wait a week or two weeks and before the notes were actually displayed online so then they they had to keep it to themselves they was getting loads of abuse so what Pete and everyone else is trying to do at the moment with, with this um, supporters group is trying to make it as fair as possible and trying to get all the information out there what they've done is that they've put together this Slido. I don't know if many people have heard it before. It's basically a website where you can go on and you can um, submit questions. Um, so on this Slido, you, you can submit up to six questions of what you'd like to um, ask Gino Posso or Scott Duxbury in this event that's happening in the first couple of weeks of July. Um, it's all anonymous, so just go on there and you can either scan the QR code or go onto slido.com um, and then the number when you're on the website is 37504900. So yeah, I don't want people saying, oh, we've not had a chance to put the questions across. The information's all there. Um, people are being retweeting it do not scratch your eyes have been talking about it on their platform we're talking about it on our platform now don't say you, you've not been involved because it, it's out there if you want to put questions forward submit it it's all anonymous and then in the next couple of weeks there'll be a situation um, there'll be a stage where you can actually enter a ballot to attend for the event but what we're asking for if if you want to attend the ballot um, the event we want you to get involved we don't want you just turning up and sitting there like you're watching um, like you go into a theatre or something we want you to get involved we want you to use your voice we want you to show your passion we're not asking you to be disrespectful or starting to shout at the people because that's not going to get the right answers we want you to turn up show a bit of respect ask the questions that you want and then we're, we're going to hopefully get to the bottom of lots of answers that what the football club actually the fans deserve at the moment um mike i don't know if you want to add anything to that no i i, I completely agree with what you said you know um i'd like to think you know i was a little bit worried i'll, I'll hold my hands up I, I don't know whether i'll say too much here but um hopefully not but i was a little bit worried when all this communication come out about the meeting with Gino and I was a little bit worried about the backlash that we might receive and people saying oh well it's just the usual fan groups podcasts etc etc but everything's there to show you that you know everyone's got the chance to put themselves forward you know there was an email to put yourself forward if you're interested in sending as Ben's put up here and we'll tweet this as well after the podcast um We'll tweet this graphic, but you can see that you know you you can go onto a website to submit up to six questions, I believe it is, to Gino Pozzo. So the resources are there. So if anyone did turn out and say, well, you know, it's not fair. You know, we're not getting a good. It's not you know we. It's not fair how this is being done. It's you know we we're not being 
fairly distributed, then, you know, it's rubbish. You are, you know, the, the resources are there to use. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of this. Um, you know, hopefully Mr. Pozzo, you know, good comes of it because it's needed. It's, it's been needed for a long, long time. And I, I think the work that's gone into it as well, as Ben said, you know, we, we're sort of, yeah, it's been relentless, hasn't it? But the, the oh, boys mate. behind the scenes are putting so much work, and honestly, like I'll go on WhatsApp and there's about sixty messages, and then I'm scrolling through it, catching up on bits and pieces. But it's honestly, great. they're they're working from first thing in the morning to the last thing at night. Different kind of spreadsheets, all the content. Like this Slido in itself is probably taken about like three, four attempts to get it how they want it to look as well. Like the work behind the scenes is ridiculous, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, uh, and uh, the the lads that have been doing it, you know, it's it, it's not just Pete. I, I don't want to name names either because I, I don't know how much we can say. But you know, you know who you are if you are listening to this. The work that's gone into this has been superb. Me and Ben just sort of almost watching in the wings, and it, it, it's it's really really good to see. And you know, we want this to work as much as anyone else. So. The opportunity is there, the website is there, the code is there. If you've got questions for Gino, if you want to be in this meeting, as it says there, there'll be a further communication to enter the ballot, to attend in person. If you can't attend, it is there. The resources are there. Use them. If you've got so many people on social media at the moment have got all these things, well, Gino out, Pots are out. If you've got questions for him, if you can't make the meeting, use that link. Ask him what you want to ask him. Mm. It's all there. Yeah, it, it's your chance to get involved, everyone. Um, it, yeah, like last time for the last meeting, there wasn't open communication like this saying, submit your questions. You've got it here. Everyone's getting involved. So, yeah. Have a look on there. It's a nice, simple, easy website. I'm not no good with technology. Literally, you go on slido.com, you type in the number 37504900. It opens up the page. You can see six different um, blank fields that you can fill in with your question. You press submit. That goes over to the person who will be behind it. Um, um, Adam's actually put up came out with the questions um if we attend the meeting can we just be a viewer um I, I, i'm not too sure on that adam i, I think they're looking for people who, who want to maybe ask questions back to answers as well um i don't think it's basically to turn up and watch the film or anything like you're just sitting mm. back with, with your popcorn going oh this is a bit interesting or oh, check this out um, they're looking for people to get involved so i'm not too sure it would be for that but if you've got points that you want to be raised in that or you feel like your voice is to be said get involved adam um but yeah i think me and mike have done to wrap it up there thank you everyone for watching tonight if you've liked the video hit that like button um don't forget to hit that subscribe button as well I'm unsure if I'm doing Stoke at home next week. If I am, I'll do a match day vlog for you all and we'll put it up onto YouTube. If not, me and Mike will definitely be back um, to do our final review of the season next week. But yeah, stay safe, everyone, and come on, you Orns. Sports Social Podcast Network.